going back anytime soon to some place where I can't get up and dance in church. And I won't be going back anytime soon to any place that tells me that my relationship with God is based on your opinion of my worthiness. I will not go back anytime soon to gather in a place with people who do not look on me with love and who do not receive the love I have to give. I will not go back to a place where I cannot feel the presence of the holy in every single person in the place. I will not go back. And besides which, y'all are just too pretty. <laughs> and a lot more fun. And a whole lot more real whole lot more real. So speaking of which, he's risen. <laughs> really? So how's that working for you? Hmm? Not really. <laughs> it was kind of a big deal last Sunday. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I had a really busy week this week, and so, you know, I arrived late last night at home. One of my cats decided she wanted to c communicate with me effectively about how she felt about my long hours, so she pissed in the corner of the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, he's risen. <laughs> so I'm greeting my dogs, because I haven't seen them for a minute either, and They've been skunking. Yeah, one skunky dog, pretty bad. Four skunky dogs, really bad. He's risen. Got up this morning, tired, but happy to be coming to be with y'all. Put on the black pants I like to wear when I preach because they're comfortable, they don't fit anymore. Mm -hmm. He's risen. Isn't it glorious? That's the thing, isn't it? Does it really matter? No, really, what difference does it make? If you follow along the story in the church year, I wasn't raised with that story, so if you were not and it's not familiar, no worries, welcome in this place, no big deal. But that church story kind of goes like this. He's risen, and then shortly thereafter, those that loved him and journeyed with him, befriended him, were his disciples and followers. Where are they? Everything that they had hoped would happen has happened. He has risen from the grave. The resurrection is real. He has triumphed over death. This is what they hoped for. Where are they? Yeah, they're locked in a room, afraid and concerned about their lives. What's going to happen to us? not feeling so good. He's risen, but what about me? Amen. I'm scared. And shortly after that story, we have another story about those disciples on the road to Emmaus, right? So these are followers that have been part of the general following, and they're taking that walk, and they're discussing among themselves all these big occurrences that have happened, and they're grieving, and it's intense, and it's been so intense, and they're talking and talking, and Jesus is walking right along with them, and they're getting annoyed by him because doesn't he know what's been going on, and how come he is not participating in this conversation in the way that they mean to have him? 
Don't you know what's been going on, they say? Not able to see him because they're so concerned with their experience of what's been going on. It's not until the breaking of the bread, our story tells us, where they drop into their hearts and they experience something in this presence and it opens their awareness. Oh my goodness, he's right here with us in the midst of our trauma and our drama. Here he is. And so we enter the story here in that church year. Sound familiar to any of you? Anybody locked up in some fearful place in your life? I'm just wondering, any of you so distracted by the drama and trauma in your life, you might not notice if Jesus were walking right along next to you, because he is just saying. So we enter the story there, but we are also engaging in this exploration of the big story of the Bible texts over a good number of weeks. Now, we took a pause for Lent, right, and did some listening for the sacred, but we are entering back into that story, in the, the big story of the Bible text chronologically, and we've been just doing this thing with Moses and the Israelites, right? And so we've been in this story and entered in there when the Israelites have been pulled out of slavery, set free, oceans opened, sent into a, a place where they could journey as a people without being in bondage to somebody else. And when they've gotten hungry, food has fallen from the sky. When they've been afraid and didn't know which way to go, clouds and fire have appeared to make their way. And they're complaining all the darn time. Food from heaven, pfft, I'm sick of that food. <laughs> Don't you have something better? Why are we going this way? <laughs> you want me to do what? <sighs> Moses, just take us back to Egypt. No, I'm serious. That's what it says in the scripture. Maybe not so sassy. <laughs> but that's what it says. The people really say, hey, we may be free and all. <laughs> you may be God and like really present with us and making our way. That's all right, we'll take slavery, thanks. Okay, so you all laugh, it's kind of funny. That's a story we're telling, interesting. It's our story. Yeah, just um, opening it up right here for a minute. These stories seem like different stories, they're the same kind of story. In fact, I'm just gonna submit to you that it's all the same kind of story. It's all this big, basic story of God and God's people. And no matter what you believe or where you're coming from right now, you are welcome and consider yourself included in that phrase, God's people. Okay, because we don't have restrictions on that here. So just to be clear, this story is our story. All of us, however it is we're doing it, our story. And the story goes something like, here God comes into people's lives, showing up however you want to experience God showing up, whether God shows up for you in the amazing sunset, God shows up for you in Jesus Christ sitting right in front of you, God shows up for you because of the freedom you've experienced from some sort of bondage. It's all the same deal. God is showing up in people's lives. And here's the other part of the story. We say, thanks, bring us back to slavery. We say, I know, you're resurrected from the dead, but I'm still afraid. Because that's the story. 
and it's there, and it's here, and so we get to engage this today. Lucky you, lucky me. So God has made a way for freedom in the life of the people, right? And has opened it over and over again, but what keeps happening is the people say, you've made a way, but I don't know the way. I just don't know. I don't know if God's really here. I don't know if God can really be trusted. I don't know if it's really better the way that God does it. Does it sound familiar? I'm just gonna take a guess it might. Because here's the thing, if you're sitting here, you've already been freed. No, I'm serious. No matter what you're struggling with right now, if you're sitting here, you've already been freed from something. You're not sitting in a church where people are telling you you're going to hell. You are freer here than you were there. You are not sitting in a church where you cannot love who you love in any kind of way, right out in public. You are free here. Now, you have showed up here because you are free. All right? God has made your way. And those are just little baby ways, although they're really big, important ways. But there's a whole lot of other ways you're probably free. I'm looking around here. I know some people are here free today because you're out of the closet. And some people are here and free because you have a family you didn't even imagine you could have. And some people are here free because they have lived in despair that they would never find a life partner, and they have one now. Some of you are free because you've been in bondage to drugs and alcohol and sex and debting and self-harm and all sorts of caretaking of other people's business that has made you feel despair and broken, and you've been freed from all those things, or at least some of them, and you're working on the others. Many of you have freedoms, not just freedom. We have freedoms, not just freedom. Here we are, we are free already. The way has been made. How are you doing? If you're anything like those people in the story, and I'm gonna guess you may be, you're still being cranky with God. It doesn't quite look the way I wanted it to look. Yes, I got my life partner, but have you seen the way the bathroom looks every week? Okay, so I'm sober, but I'm broke, really? Yes, I am free to be in church, but I still have a lot of issues around religion. It doesn't feel very comfortable for me. Right? The way's been made, but we keep unknowing the way. Just keep on knowing it. God opens it up, gives it to us, gives it to us, gives it to us. And just like the Israelites, we're just wondering, is this it? Take me back to Egypt. And why is that? Because it's a human deal. So here's the thing. God couldn't just take the people out of Egypt and drop them into the promised land. Why not? Because in a very quick minute, promised land, they would have had slaves all over again. Hi, LGBTQ community. I'm talking to us. Because what happens when all we have known is that somebody is better than somebody else? When all we have known is that we are either above or below, we are needing to prove that we're good enough or we're never going to be good enough. If that's all we've ever known, that's the way that we do it. It's the way 
that shows up inside us, and therefore it's the way that shows up outside us. God can't just pick us right up out of the slavery we've been in and drop us into the perfect promised land because we can't handle it because we're not ready yet. And that's not because there's anything wrong with us. It's just because we're human and we're just learning our way into the way. And in order to learn our way into the way, first of all, we have to stop unknowing the way, acting like it's not being made. And then we have to unknow the way that's already inside us. We have to unlearn our habits, unlearn the things that don't work for us, unlearn the ways that we keep ourselves in bondage. See, our bodies have been freed maybe, our world is getting freer out here, but we really quickly put ourselves in bondage in the six inches right between here and here. Yeah, I have a whole lot of room to do it out here, but it's gotta look like this and this and this, and before you know it, the possibility for my life becomes this because I have a limited vision, because I haven't been able yet to learn how to have a big one. And so that's part of this journeying. Why do they go through the desert for all this time? Because it takes time to learn. And we keep falling down and getting back up and falling down and getting back up, and that's okay, that's the way. That's the way we unknow the way inside us that no longer works. The trick is to pay attention and keep practicing. And so then, what happens? We go on our way to the promised land. Now see, there's this moment in the story that I just get caught on every time. And some of you know it, it breaks my heart open. Moses, right? Moses has given his whole life. He's gone up against Pharaoh. He has stood in the middle of a burning environment and spoken face to face with God, trembling. He has felt inadequate for everything put before him, but he's tried. The people have not seen or heard or understood him, and he has maintained the path, but it's been hard. And we find at this point in the story, he's going along, and the people are complaining again. We're thirsty. It's the desert. We're thirsty. He's like, we've been in the desert for a long time. No kidding. Let's work it out. We're thirsty. He gets fed up. And he goes to God and he's, oh, again already. Again, these people. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. And now they want water. Again. And God says, it's all right. Calm down. Go on to the rock and stand there and allow the water to come forth from the rock. And they will have what they need. And he's frustrated, and he says, okay, fine. I've done this before. He grabs his staff. He says, all right, you thirsty people. Come on, come on, come on. Drink some water. And the water comes, and the people drink. And God says to Moses, I'm sorry. You're not going to be able to make it into the promised land. You see, because that's not what I asked you to do. Yes, it is what I asked you to do at another time. Some time ago in this journey when you were just starting out. When you were just learning how to have my power and my presence. Yes, I asked you to strike the rock with a staff. That's what worked then, but that's not what I asked you to do now. 
I asked you to do something different now, which was to just stand there and open your heart and let me provide what I had to provide. I didn't need your old ideas about proving that you had the power. I didn't need your aggression and your negativity. I just needed you to listen and to be available and to make the way for the people. Here's the thing. I'm not punishing you. It's just the truth. You can't get into the promised land that way. You can't get into the promised land trying to prove yourself. You can't get into the promised land holding on to aggression and negativity. You can't get into the promised land giving people from a place of resentment. You can't get into the promised land that way because the promised land isn't made like that. The blessing and the curses that are before you are your choice. How you choose will make your way because I've already made it for you. You can choose to deny that and unknow the way, or you can choose to see that I'm right there with you, and you will be blessed. You can choose to hold on to the way you think sh things should be and stay in bondage, or you can choose to unknow the way you've used to do things so that you can be free and experience blessing. And you can be willing to go to a new place in a new way, letting go of all that has gone before. Because guess what? Where's the promised land? We don't know, because we've never been there. It's a promise. <laughs> it's not where we used to be land. It's the promised land. We don't know. And not knowing is the way to get there not knowing exactly what God is, not knowing exactly what my life is supposed to look like, not knowing exactly what your life is supposed to look like, not knowing how to get there, not knowing whether this is really a blessing or a curse, not knowing is the way to enter into the place I've never been. I was recently at a 12-step meeting and I heard someone say, if you want to go somewhere that you've never been before, you have to do things you've never done before. We have to unknow the way. So, people of God, the blessings and the curses, they're right before us. They're not reflections of God's love or lack of love. God's way is already here. We are already free. The choice is ours, and the good news is we get to practice all the way through the desert together. And even if sometimes we get right up close to the promised land and we fall down, it's okay. We may be at a rock and a hard place, but there's water coming from the rock. Stay on your knees and drink.